This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Material is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, I'm Natasha Frank. I'm CEO of Eon. And what I love about materials is the ability to use and reuse them and capture value from them forever and ever. RFID technology lives in a thread and gets embedded into a fabric. And it carries all the information for that product forever. So coming up, you'll hear from a leader in developing this technology. This information is going to help businesses with counterfeiting, inventory tracking, and sustainability. It also connects everyone that it touches. It's a new technology with endless possibilities. How will you create the future with it? This is Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Powered by Sennheiser. Your hosts for this episode are Stephanie Benedetto and Samantha Cortez. Natasha, so glad mm-hmm. that you, we were able to meet finally. Right, <laughs> I know. Get it on the calendar. <laughs> um, you know, everybody is all talking about blockchain, mm-hmm. obviously, but I am convinced that nobody really knows what they're talking about, mm-hmm. but you do. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit more RFID and blockchain and yeah. fabrics? What does that mean? Yeah. So basically, we work at the intersection of the physical asset that connects that property to the blockchain, right? So in order to connect a shirt to the blockchain chain, you actually have to put something on that shirt. So something that gives that product a digital identity, right? So we basically give that product a digital identity with an RFID tag. Now, once you have a product identity, you can connect that to the cloud, right? And with connecting that to the cloud, you can put it in an IoT platform, and then you can also put it on the blockchain. Okay, so unravel, unpack that for me for a minute if I get it. There is, as I understand it, RFID is the actual physical tag, mm-hmm. like a tiny little wire, mm-hmm. and you're embedding it at the production level into the material? Exactly. And then whenever anyone puts it into production, does something with that material, mm-hmm. and then scans it, they can record information about it that goes forever and attaches to that material. Exactly. Exactly. That was very well said. Hey, so actually, okay. this is what it looks like. It's a thread, right? Wow, that is a tiny little thread. For the, and inside, there's an RFID chip, an antenna. So it looks like a little tiny thread that you actually put on the product. And if you think about it, when you're making that product, you're basically giving that product a birth certificate, right? You're giving it an identity, and it has, you can associate the color, the material content, how much that product costs, who designs that product, right? And that is basically the product birth certificate. Then the blockchain throughout the product lifecycle is the passport, right? So then what happens to that product on every step of the way, and where is it moving, and what's its life cycle? So the input that um, needs to be put through the transcourse of the mm-hmm. of, of, of the process of moving? 
the product? The, the import happens when you make the product, mm -hmm. right? And when you attach the tag. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what we consider the birth of the digital identity mm -hmm. of that t-shirt, right? Then once you tag that product, you can, wherever you have scanners or wherever that product is moving, you track and scan. You track and scan, but the person mm -hmm. would say, the, fa the textile is here, the fiber is here. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing with it because, I mean, the fiber wouldn't detect that. Yeah, so basically how it works is RFID is kind of ubiquitous in the industry right now, right? Like it's 70% of retailers by 2021 will be item level tagging their product. And that's purely for business purposes. And RFID generally right now is in the form of a hang tag. So that hangs off a product. So this technology is ubiquitous. It's just not embedded in the product. So that means that after point of sale, that RFID tag comes off the product. So it goes, that product goes somewhere and we have no data, insight, information on what happens to a product after point of sale. Sure, I don't know anyone, ha no anyone with hang tags still on right, their clothes exactly. after purchase. <laughs> so now if you put this identifier on a product and you embed it, it actually opens up, aside from the sustainability perspective, the opportunity to have data about your product life cycle after point of sale and to better utilize that product, right? So at end of life, what it means is when a recycler receives that product, they can scan it and bring up all the material content associated and then be able to sort and recycle that product. Sort and recycle the product. That's exactly. interesting. Because one of the biggest barriers to textile recycling today is actually material transparency. Yeah. We don't right. know what's in our stuff. Right. It goes from a tier one to a tier two right. to a tier three supplier and passes thousands of hands around the world. You're right. It's right. Like, and you can't recycle it if you don't know what it's made of. So for recyclers, they're looking for this kind of system to be able to basically sort and separate intelligently, put the cottons with the cottons, the polys with the polys, and then upcycle from that. Well, I see what I see interesting about it is the the aspect that you'll understand where the whole process of the garment came from. So mm -hmm. you'll understand where where it was manufactured and how sustainable that could be right. in transportation or in other aspects. Of course. So you'll understand the whole history of mm -hmm. it. So who's deciding the information that they want to ledger, mark, and track going forward? Is it me, the fabric manufacturer? Is right. it the, me, the brand who's making the product that's then being sold? And who has to communicate that right. along the point, points of sale? That, well, that's a really good question. So this is new, obviously. A lot of brands are just starting to figure out how to use RFID for business purposes, how to maximize value. So if you look at a company like Zara, they've been using RFID for a really long time and you know, kind of have been pioneers in this field from a business perspective. And so they have created their own you know, internal intelligence system around that. And But the idea of layering on sustainability on top of an RFID system is something that we're building with brand partners, right? So if you already have an RFID system in place, why not invite the sustainability team to start using that same IoT platform? When I say IoT, I mean Internet of Things platform to encode sustainability information, right? So if you're already putting the RFID chip on the product, if you already have RFID readers in place, why not take that extra step to add material content? But this is a new step for the industry. So we're now working at the intersection of our brand partners and also recyclers or resellers to figure out, okay, what information do we want on this product associated such that we can start to bridge this communicate 
communication gap between the stakeholders. Yeah, it's so important. And as I keep seeing, mm-hmm. like blockchain to me, 100% is the future mm-hmm. and obviously where things are going. And for obvious business reasons, transparency, it makes so much sense, right? But you do need that level of communication and cooperation by everyone along the supply chain in exactly. order to mark the ledger, the book, the block, and put in that information and track right. it. Otherwise, clearly, you know, the value right. isn't it. So as you – in what you guys are doing, I know congratulations, by the way, mm-hmm. a big H&M Global Change Award oh, winner you. last yes. year and doing amazing work with them. Right. But is this right now what you're working on, just a kind of a fashion concept? Or mm-hmm. are we also looking at potentially in like – in automotive, in computer electronics, in, you know, interior design, yeah. it, it could be really powerful too. So I think for us right now, we've really been focusing on the fashion industry because there's so much opportunity and need for circularity there. And there's also a quick product turnover, right? The lifetime of a fast fashion garment can be very quick. Um, so if we can basically start to, you know, track and, and build transparency around that, we could start to create impact there very, very quickly with the use of IoT. Um, So that's been an initial strong focus for us. But the idea of using the Internet of Things as a tool for sustainability in any industry, um, whether it's interior design or CPG, is huge. Yeah. Do you think it's giving pressure onto the manufacturers in sense of, you know what, now I have to do really design and develop Mm -hmm. in, in a sustainable way? Yeah, I mean, I think the the move towards transparency and the consumer demand for transparency is shaping the decision of the fashion industry and the decision-making process. And that's so exciting to see these companies really responding to what consumers say. And it just reminds you how powerful we all are as consumers to, to direct that. And I think, you know, to to the support and kind of to empathize with the fashion brands, they to themselves really want to be moving towards this, but they haven't had necessarily the solutions in place, right? The idea to move toward a transparent supply chain may sound easy, right? But it is so challenging for them, especially because oftentimes they're not the ones manufacturing and and making their own products. So this basically helps them to manage that. And I think by from a business perspective, they want transparency, right? It's just better for their business because they can start to see and manage things better. So if we can actually start to take that business and optimize that with RFID, then the sustainability happens without further push. You know, that just sort of naturally gets embedded into the process. And we, we met, actually, through launch.org. Mm-hmm. Both of our companies were winners as part of this Circular Economy Sustainable Initiative. But... I'm really curious too, right? Because the sustainable aspect, 100% important Mm -hmm. and matters and it's where consumers and businesses are going. But there's also like a huge business value add to what you're doing that I want to just unpack a little bit too because, I mean, this is information that will shape a business, putting aside just the sustainable benefits, the way they do business. Can you walk us through some of the business advantages that we're seeing? Right, so that's... And thank you for asking that. RFID is first and foremost, it's an old technology. It's kind of a business technology, right? It's developed so that companies can manage, track, inventory, and optimize the movements of their products. And it's also now becoming, in the digital era, the foundation of an omni-channel business strategy, right? So if you're selling online, if you're selling in brick and mortar, you need to know what's happening in all of these places and have 100% visibility so you can fill these consumer needs. Um, and also to actually inform the production process. So RFID, I I mean, it's hard to even decide what one 
business benefit RFID has. And I think that's because the value of RFID is that it connects your entire business, right? It's the technology that connects the supply chain to retail and then all the way back again through production. So now with RFID, you actually have pure visibility into what's happening on your floor and in inventory. So if someone, if that blue shirt is selling, you can see in real time that that shirt is moving and that you should actually inform production to start making more of that shirt. That's how That's how within a fast fashion environment, it actually sort of affects the turnaround time of products and helps you meet customer needs. Um, the idea of inventory, of having everything in stock, it also is a counterfeit tool, right? So if your product has a digital identity, you can say, yes, that's a counterfeit or this one's authentic. So the business benefits of RFID are enormous, and that's it's kind of becoming the new normal. We're basically just have a superior version of the RFID tag that's already ubiquitous in business and are saying, let's also use this technology for circular economy. And I think when we look at circular economy too, we're not just looking at this as a sustainability thing. This is a huge business opportunity. Nobody knows what happens to their products after they sell them, right? That is a huge opportunity to start to sell and talk and engage with consumers and also huge value for consumers to be able to have their products managed and recycled and treated, you know, and have a ethical ecosystem around this. So I think there's... Um, by combining IoT and sustainability there's and, and circular economy, there's huge opportunity for business. So I'm not sure if you um, would probably know the process of it, but um, the, the, I've, I've actually heard about this technology mm -hmm. 10 years ago right. when, they, when, they, when they started weaving yeah. the um, technology into the, thre into the mm -hmm. fiber. Mm -hmm. But where do you see that it is more accustomed to use it? In the process of weaving the fabric or in the process of sewing the piece? Yeah, so right now when we integrate this RFID thread into a product, it is done once the shirt is created, right? So you have a shirt that you've made and then you attach the RFID while you're making it in seam of the product, right? That will probably change and we're working and looking at ways where as the fabric's woven, this RFID thread actually gets woven into that production process. That'll be very interesting. And then do you have concerns when you go and cut physically the fabric and you're cutting exactly. the wire? And is that part of the, the challenges right now? So that's where the thread actually, ha you have to know what the end product will look like when you're doing that, right? So there are a few scenarios that we've been part of where they actually know, okay, this is how we're weaving the fabric and we're only weaving what we need in kind of a 3D manufacturing setting, right? And so... As that becomes normal, also RFID enables and supports 3D manufacturing. It can tell you that piece two goes with piece number six, right? So it, it can basically be part of that manufacturing process. Wow, visual wow. guide. All yeah. right, we have to get more into that, but I am staring at some delicious snacks. What did you bring <laughs> us to eat and why'd you bring it? All right, so I'm on a matcha kick. So you guys have two matcha lattes and two matcha, I guess, breads. Wow. With almond milk. Oh, did you go to a particular place? I went to Cha Cha Matcha. Excellent. Yes. Okay. And with matcha, is there supposed to be certain like benefits for the body, right? Oh, it's yes. Like whole... It's a whole superfood. Awesome. So it is matcha is powdered green tea. And basically, so it has all of the benefits, antioxidants, anti-aging, less stress. It's also an energy food. So it has this basically slightly less caffeine than coffee, 
Um, but it's a super sustained and calm energy. I mean, I'm a matcha obsessed, obviously, as you can tell. <laughs> but it's the energy without the jitters. Well, so it's really calming and nice. And I cannot wait. Yeah. If you come back a little wired and excited, yes. you'll know why. Yes. Back soon, right after this. <laughs> The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, at checkout. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. And hear all of our episodes on materialisyourbusiness.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. So I'm holding in my hand like the information of the world, huh? This is a tiny little black thread and this mm -hmm. is, has everything. Can you walk us through what you developed? Yeah, sure. So that's a thread just for more description. It's about four inches long and about the tip of a pencil thick. And basically that's an RFID chip. So if you've seen RFID today, you know, if you think about your shampoo bottle, right on the outside of your shampoo bottle, sometimes there's that metal sticker. That's, that's an RFID chip in the industry today. So this form factor is very different and very well suited for the textile industry because it can be invisibly integrated into a fashion product, right? And a shirt, article of clothing, underwear, we put it in everything. Um, and basically, this is just holds a number. So if you think about that as a barcode, right, it points to a place in the cloud. So with that number, let's say that RFID stickers number four, there's a place in the cloud that's associated with that number and a web address, right? And so there you can basically put any amount of information. So you can put a music video, you could put um, the material content, the price, the designer, anything associated with that product. And just to clarify, it's unique to that exact Product. It's unique to that. So even if you and I are wearing the same black H&M shirt, right. mine will have a different number and yours will have a different number. Okay. So that level of uniqueness um, is what makes RFID so valuable. And so if you saw the launch too of like Amazon Go, skip, skip checkout kind of scenarios where you just throw your things in a bag and walk out of a store, RFID is a technology that facilitates that as well. Got so. It. In order to have that work in a real business scenario, you need to have that chip be super small and in the product. Otherwise, a consumer could just take off a hang tag. Um, so that's where you know the, the additional value of this as we look at new retail innovation, what this could unlock. And what you developed uh, that's proprietary to Eon mm -hmm. is, is that it is so thin and small and flexible it can go in virtually. exactly it's just a it's just really a form factor change and that's what's great about it is that it works with all the existing ecosystems right so if you're a brand and you have rfid in your in your system already then you basically are just putting on a different kind of tag or different shaped tag that speaks with all your existing ecosystem um, so the values there in terms of all the technologies speaking the same language so 
I'm just a little bit curious in mm -hmm. sense of will that transmit information without you having to input it? Like mm -hmm. if you're walking down the street, would it tell you where you're walking? Yes. Great kind question. Yeah, that, we get that a lot. <laughs> and the answer is no. So okay. RFID is passive technology. So it works a bit like call and response, right? So I can only your chip is not actively, first of all, it's not geolocated at all. So that chip is basically like having a credit card chip in your wallet, right? Think about that. So it doesn't do anything until it come, until you put it in contact with something. And basically, you can only read the chips if you're searching for number that number. So H&M, for example, has a list of RFID numbers or Gap or any brand has a list of their RFID identification numbers. And if they're calling, if they're like, where's number two? And that is within the reader range, like 10 feet, I think is, is a maximum in most scenarios, then it will pick up, right? So if you're walking into a store and you have an RFID chip on your product, then that environment might be able to recognize it. Um, but it's only within that specific store or environment where it would be picked up. So if you buy a shirt with RFND, just make sure that you don't mm -hmm. go to different stores and that would just well, they, read where you're at. They won't be able to read it. Okay. So if you walk into a different store, they don't have those RFID numbers, so they can't search for those numbers. It's like call and response. You can only you can only find it if you're looking for that specific number. Okay. So for that any helps. business that's looking to take advantage of this, either for the sustainability factors mm -hmm. and or the business mm -hmm. intelligence you're getting out of it, what are the costs and challenges maybe with yours, but in general to being able to start using this? Right. So, I mean, we have a slight premium compared to regular RFID uh, in terms of pricing right now. Um, but given the different form factor and all the additional value from that tag, it's it hasn't been a hurdle at all for brands. Um, and over the next few years, we'll be scaling to be cost competitive with the current RFID chips you see on the market. So it's really the uniqueness of the form factor and the and the integration in production. I guess sorry, it's the integration in production that is a, maybe an additional cost for brands depending on how they're manufacturing their product. So what would you recommend for brands starting to think through this that maybe yeah. don't already have an established system? What's a good way to start thinking about this in general? Right. So I think the way to start thinking about it is what is your future vision? Um, and so when we work with brands, we often say, okay, what is your vision of a connected supply chain? And how are you going to be using IoT in the future? And what is your goal here? And then we basically designed this to address those first business needs, right? Because if you start looking at embedded RFID, if your business case you want to focus on first is counterfeit, then we can focus on counterfeit. If your business application is first supply chain transparency and management of inventory, we can focus on those applications, right? There are so many use cases that you can extract that it's important for a company to first say, okay, this is where we're going to have the most immediate return on investment um, from this kind of technology. And that depends, you know, that varies from brand to brand. And I think also from the production side, we're actually starting to work with a lot of factories that are seeing huge value from this, right? So now if you are a company and you're, you know, if you're a manufacturer and you're working on making products for a brand, you can actually give them real-time data into how, where you are in completing that order, right? So now as you make this product, you can communicate to them, oh, we, of the 100,000 orders, we've made 50,000. And that actually, that transfer of information just happens in real time. So yes, there may be 
it may take two seconds more to integrate the tag into the product at point of production, but that data is immensely valuable to improving any logistics and production, as I'm, I'm sure you know. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, the production side. production. It's right, like right. The, the, the cost of either dead stock, ex- unused raw materials, right. or unused dead inventory at right. the end, or any issues along the supply chain that right. can kill a business right can there, business. and you haven't even gotten off the ground. Right. Let's stop making that. That's not moving on the floor. Even that conversation, right? So so that ability to basically act as one brain, you know, I think that's the, the, the way we're working with companies is that a lot of times their whole inner business is suffering because everything is so siloed, right? The supply chain is not talking to retail, is not talking to production. Forget not talking to each other. They don't even know who the other people right. are. Exactly. And, like, and sometimes the business doesn't even know all the subcontractors <laughs> and tier two, tier three. Exactly. <laughs> so we end up introducing people to people within their company that they're sort of working with already, but they don't even know it through this technology. Um, I do see it's changing, though. Yes. It is. A lot of people are much more interested in who are the manufacturers right. or who are the, the person that brings in the embroidery or the, mm-hmm. the or the other aspect of the button mm-hmm. who buys it. So in the past, it used to be so secretive. And I bought it. No, I didn't buy it there. Don't I can't tell you where. Right. And now it's like they're trading information. So right. I was like, very surprising. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, you're seeing, obviously, where the industry is now with mm-hmm. circular economy. You're 100% right. It is that open, kind of active, engaged conversation where even the end consumers right. want this information. And so I can almost imagine now a scenario, too, right, where, like, they want to learn more about this shirt and they mm-hmm. want to go to a site and they want that history and the story of who made my clothes, you mm-hmm. know, and where it came from and uh, what I can do with it at its end of life if I right. want to recycle it. And um, even for probably for branding, I don't know, are you guys also working with like being able to deliver branding on that page and like videos and stories and yeah. animated, like that becomes a powerful tool too. So yeah, that's huge opportunity. And our technology works with any IoT platform, right? So if you as any as does any RFID really, but if you once you attach this identifier to your product, the possibilities are endless, right? It's smart closets, it's video, it's engagement, it's ticketing, it's you know, the consumer value is is enormous, but it has to start with something, right? I think yes. that everybody kind of got excited about what is IoT and fashion, right? And it was all this development of cloud-based softwares, but we sort of were like, okay, but like what is connecting my product here, the shirt that I'm wearing to that cloud? You know, that there was that kind of disconnect. And I think you know, as our technology grows and as we increase production, there's also these new applications that are emerging around the fact that these products are now connected. Yeah, and so many people are kind of dancing around fashion tech and they're mm-hmm. creating or they think they need to create an entirely new product that starts with technology, but this is almost doing the reverse. Like mm-hmm. work with what you're already doing, embed a little technology, right. simply into it, and then the, the world is endless of what you can do exactly. with Exactly. Exactly. You mentioned a little while ago when we were in break that um, that it's not really tied in or married mm-hmm. to blockchain. Mm-hmm. I kind of see it is. Can right. you can you kind of like um, break it down for us and separate it a yeah, little? Yeah, exactly. So basically, the idea of making a product birth certificate on an IoT platform and having RFID readers throughout a supply chain that read those products is a use case scenario 
for RFID, right? And that's kind of what the industry has been using already. And so now we know the products made in the supply chain. If you have an RFID reader on your truck, you can see that it moved onto the truck. And all that data can be stored in an an IoT platform, right? The idea that then you you connect that to the blockchain or you move that information onto a blockchain is separate, right? So you can use RFID in your ecosystem and that is also the enabling technology for blockchain, but just because you use RFID doesn't mean you're at all using blockchain today. Most of them aren't. <laughs> 99%, I'd say. So where with everything going on with RFID and blockchain mm-hmm. today and where it's going kind of any predictions or thoughts or opportunities that either you guys are exploring in the industry at large where you think it's kind of untapped? Yeah. So I think what's what's interesting is the fact some sometimes the conversation is um, blockchain is a sustainability technology or um, but I really see the the value in making this all business and sustainability is the same technology, right? Because yes. the value is at the intersection of both of those and it's not just a sustainability technology. The, the idea of knowing where a product comes from and when it's moving is a business solution, right? And I think if we start to think of these as business solutions and just layer them into standard business practice, because that's the way that brands are capturing value from this, the sustainability transition will happen much quicker. Um, instead of thinking of it as a sustainability expense, right? Right now, when we look at RFID in the supply chain or, or blockchain in the supply chain, it's a pure business value. We need to know when our products are moving, where they're moving, and how to improve production, right, and, and movement of inventory. So I think if we could start to think about that, by reducing waste, we're improving a business, right? And so I think those are really one here. And that's what's exciting about the intersection of IoT and and fashion business. Amazing. Yes. You'll get a better ROI in your Mm -hmm. business by knowing this kind of information. Exactly. Yes. You also have those those positive benefits. Exactly. You're going to hear more and get to know Natasha a little more personally back soon right after this. to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. And now, it's Remnants. So, Natasha, if you weren't building Eon right Mm -hmm. now, what would you be doing with your life and why? So what would I be doing with my life? I don't even know. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, somehow I became interested in waste. Um, a few years ago, I was working for a company called Delos and I was opening our offices in Shanghai. Um, and we were, you know, really focused on health and well-being in the built environment. Our company created the well-building standard. So I was super into, interested in smart urbanism and cities um, and how to use the city as a vehicle to improve health, well-being, sustainability and lifestyle. Um, so I would probably still be, be there. Interesting. But yeah, but then take this RFID tag, let's mm -hmm. put it into like our smart cars, into the buildings, mm -hmm. and let's connect these smart cities yeah. and do things better. Oh, the future's endless. And how? <laughs> how did that get, like, what were the steps to get to where you're at now? Because I was looking through your history and mm -hmm. you have everything and diversified about this, you know, about mm -hmm. the things that you were doing in the past. All and it seems place. like a totally yeah. different. Yeah vision and, and, and sector. Yeah. Well, so I was spending a lot of time in Beijing and I just was really interested, obviously when you can't breathe and the air quality is so bad, you become interested in air quality. Um, and from there, basically just was looked at, you know, all the burning of waste and how, how to start thinking about, you know, obviously at this point I was becoming very well versed in urbanism and smart building systems and how to create these cities that operated kind of like ecosystems. Um, and then I started to look at waste and how to start to take that kind of thinking and apply it to waste, um, specifically in the fashion industry because of the enormous opportunity it felt that there was there, given that there is really no functioning circular economy in fashion at all. 90% of textiles are ending up in landfill. I was like, this is enormous opportunity to start to marry IoT technology with the fashion industry as it's going through this major transformation. Um, so that's where the idea kind of started to percolate. Um, and then I was reading an article from World Economic Forum and it was around um, how RFID would enable textile recycling. And I was like, that's really interesting, you know, the idea that this IoT technology enables that. And about three years ago when that happened, I had no idea what RFID technology was. <laughs> so I basically was like, oh my God, the idea that every product has an identity was so interesting to me. And people were like, yeah, RFID is kind of an old technology. Like, it's not that exciting. <laughs> But it was new to me, and then I just started diving in, learning everything about it, and realized that there was an opportunity to start to build that solution. Very good. Besides the all the business aspect, is there mm -hmm. anything in your personal life that you would like to share? As in family, <laughs> kids? Just oh, to... no kids at this time, <laughs> but I do I have a little puppy, a little Vishla about six months old named Eames. Oh, <laughs> How long have you you've had him for since birth? Yes, I got him as a little guy, about a, f a few weeks old. And yes, he's very, very loving. He traveled with you? Where have you been traveling? Um, no, he's too big for that. So he stays home. Um, and my boyfriend takes care of him, thank God. But. <laughs> <laughs> Any favorite places to travel that you've been in the world? Um, I'd say one of my favorite places is Nairobi. I used to go there a bit when I was young. And then my family's from Luxembourg, so that would be number two. Why Nairobi? Uh, I just find it to be very beautiful, the combination of, you know, different, very different city than New York um, with amazing landscape and nature nearby um, is magic. 
But there's no place like home, right? There's no place like <laughs> home. I mean, I'm born and raised in New York. I live here now. I'll never leave. I'll die here. I'm with so, you. Yeah. <laughs> right there. I am there right along. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't we'll born here, here but... <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank we you really guys. appreciate Thank it. Thank you. you. And any kind of final message, thought, words of wisdom you want to leave of our listeners with <laughs> well, about I, your journey, yeah. anything... Well, I think my um, I think the next thing that I'm really excited for is to learn where the industry is with this, partner with brands and kind of support this transition as well as partner with individuals who are interested in the use of IOTs for sustainability. So, I mean, while we have this technology, this is an ecosystem technology and it's only as good as the environments and partners and, you know, that it's put into. So we're really, we really view where we are as kind of a learning opportunity and we're excited to share what we know and, and learn about what other people are working on in this space. Awesome. How can our listeners connect with you? What's the best way to reach you and find um, you in your business? Yeah, the best way is by email. Um, and my email is Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-A, at eonid.co, and that's .co. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. You. Thank you, guys. And for Samantha Cortez, adios. I'm Stephanie Benedetto. Go change the world, everyone. Thanks for listening. Back soon on Material Is Your Business. <laughs> this has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, Email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.